You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. And my name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, but you probably already know that. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now, the interview subject that I've got prepared for you in this episode is none other than Brian Titchy. He's the drummer in Silverthorn. And he was a drummer in Whitesnake, Aussie. He did some time with Slash, Billy Idol, Foreigner, the Dead Daisies. We talk about them through the conversation. There's a few others in there too. My God, he is one of the most prolific and certainly legendary drummers of the 21st century. However, the reason for the conversation with Brian is to promote the brand new EP from Silverthorne. It's actually very, very good. I've got to tell you, it's called Tear the Sky Wide Open. It'll be out 21st of February via Golden Robot Records. I was surprised. As you'll hear through the conversation, it's a very strong EP. We talk about that, of course, and a few other things. So here he is, Mr. Brian Tichy. Brian, Andy McCoy-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good, mate. Pretty uh, pretty solid. It's a sprightly 6am here at the moment, and thank God it's starting to cool down a little bit. Oh, great. Yeah, thanks, thanks for... Uh working around the schedule i know it's early for you and we're trying to make it all happen oh no it's fine brother really i uh, i've got two uh school-aged uh daughters uh five and six and uh mate i'm usually up at this time anyway so it fits in quite nicely to wake up at 6 a.m and have a chat to uh any one of the wonderful musicians that i get an opportunity to chat to around the world and uh it's really a thrill to be able to talk to you uh mate because i've long admired your uh, your wonderful drumming chops i've got to say Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. No, it's, it's all good. And, Appreciate and, it. And look, look, I've got to say, mate, you know, with this, this new material that you've got with Silverthorne, I, I must say I, I was surprised uh, um, because there are a ton of all-star collaborations out there these days. And, and I've got to be frank, most fall well short of the quality of the musician's usual output or usually band, usual uh, music that they're a part of. But you are part of a Sterling Collective with Silverthorne and, and I've had a good listen to tear the sky wide open and i've tried to summarize it here but feel free to disagree with me otherwise i think it's i actually (laughs) i I think it's laid back um i think it's groovy i think it's blues i think it can be heavy metal which i love and i think you don't i think you guys have done really well here it's actually what i think Soundgarden could have sounded like if they had a bit more of a focus on swing and of course you're a big part of that being the drummer so i guess after i've said all of that mate do, do you agree with that and what else can you tell me about the the album or the ep that you got here oh uh, well i i think that's uh, that's very nice to hear and i i appreciate those kind words that's that's great you know we uh yeah we did want to Try and get all those things you mentioned across, and and uh, if you're hearing that, that's uh, cool. That's uh, that's great all the way around. Yeah, um, we definitely uh, um, set out to make this uh, real organic, and uh, you know, really. Um, wait, sorry, I'm just uh, yeah, walking out where it's a little quiet. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to make it real pure and organic, and uh, not really follow. I guess what today's production of rock and roll is become you know and just mm. kind of get back into the uh the you know our favorite period of time for records in production which was the you know the 70s late 60s and 70s where it really sounded like the guys in the band were uh you know were um in the room together making music and you know putting and then put the mics around them and that's what it is you know so mm. um 
and that's what we did. So, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and look, the other thing, uh, I'm really uh, quite astounded by Pete's voice. He's got a heck of heck of a voice, actually, quite unlike anybody I've heard in, in, in a while, actually. It really reminds me of some of those uh, hard rock singers from the from the 70s. So how did you guys meet each other? Um, Pete and I met many years ago. He, he had a band called The Union, and they were opening up for Whitesnake in the UK, and I was in Whitesnake at the time. And I'd go into the venues, and I'd hear them opening up, and I'd was like, wow, that, that singer's killer, you know? He's a great singer. And we met, but we didn't keep in touch or anything. And, and then uh, a bunch of years later, uh, we got reacquainted. I had a, a project going on with the, the, the Leo brothers from Stone Temple Pilots, and uh, mm. we had recorded some song ideas they had, and we were, you know, hoping to find a singer for it. And at the time, S- STP didn't have a singer, so they were unsure of, you know, their next move with that band. So, mm. you know, and and you know that's a tall those are tall you know big shoes to fill <laughs> they weren't really sure what was going to happen but pete came around uh somebody who knew somebody you know got pete mm. in touch with with the DeLeos, and uh they heard his voice and they were blown away they sent me a tape of him and they were like you know or it's an mp3 and in a text or whatever and said i think we found our guy and i was like this guy's amazing and then uh, a little while later like yeah you you two know each other i was like what are you talking about like yeah, man, he was in the union. They opened up for you, you know, White Snake and stuff. Oh shit! Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So we all got together. Pete flew out from the UK, and uh, we all basically made a record here, and uh, had a great time doing it. And we had high hopes, of course. Soon mm-hmm. after that, uh, this is all a couple of years ago. Uh, the the new singer of STP, I guess uh, they, you know, they uh, they found that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he came into their world, and they were really happy with him. So they really had to make a choice, and their choice obviously was to move forward with stone temple pilots so we were a bit bummed and uh but we totally understood being being stone temple pilots fans and you know complete respect for anybody that can you know start a band and have it become as successful as they have been uh for decades you know we understood okay Mm -hmm. they want to move forward with it and uh so we were put on the back burner indefinitely and uh soon after that i just said hey pete you know we got to know each other making that record and i was like he's a great great guy great guitar player singer lyricist i was like and we, we seem to be cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. i said why don't you come back out you know and let's let's do some writing and recording and and that was it and we we did that together for about a month i think we were he came out for like three four weeks and got a, nearly a record's worth of stuff done probably and and uh that was all in 2018 and went through a chunk of time with some management that didn't work out it, it, throughout that year okay. and then uh nice. signed up 2019 with uh with golden robot and and and, uh in came our bass player daniel spree who i've known for many years okay sweet yeah it's a trio isn't it it's a power trio you guys got here yeah it's a powerfully powerful power trio yeah yeah in the vein of cream and and all those killer ones from back in the day yeah it's got definitely got this i don't you guys have captured something here that a lot haven't believe me many have tried here but the power trio thing I've, i've been a part of trios before and they're bloody hard to get right um, because if any anybody right. really isn't doing their job, especially live, um, it sounds hollow. It truly sounds hollow. You just don't have that. It's that extra noise that four people sort of can bring, and the focus that you can provide yep. to each instrument. If you've got a four piece, but in a three piece, you can't do that. So, so exactly. I guess. My, well, I guess my question after all that, man, is uh, I know you mentioned that you guys wrote together, but was it a situation where Pete brought in the sketches of a song on an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar, for example, or did you do that? you know, that very modern thing these days and collaborate via the cloud? 
Well, we mostly the second part of your question. Yes, we we did do that, but just only a little bit. Mostly, it was the two of us sitting around with acoustic guitars in a room, just going, "What do you have? Here's what I have." Back and forth. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Oh, I don't know about that. And for example, while we're sitting there doing that, Pete, uh, we had a little list going on. A little list. Oh, this you know the G riff or the the, the bluesy whatever. Yeah, little titles for these ideas. And then Pete was like, oh, I have this too. And he went, 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 went. I said, that's a cool riff, man. And we started developing that, which became To the Sky Wide Open, our first single, you know, and all that stuff. And that's, that's pretty much how it goes. We just A, B off of each other, which I love the most. Because yeah. you, you can't, you can't uh, deny that spontaneity when you're in a room together and you're inspired and somebody does something and you react to it. And, you know, you're living in the moment and feeding off that energy. And, and uh to me, that's the most fun way to do it. And the cool thing was we were in my uh, studio house. So I had this little hmm. little rental house with all my studio gear and all my all my stuff in there. So 24-7, when we were inspired, didn't matter what time of the day, we could start throwing ideas down, cutting drum tracks, vocals, whatever, you know, and, and taking our time, not having to book studios, engineers, producers. And so the whole thing's self-produced and self-engineered and and that's it, you know. But it's a it's a really fun process to me. I said to somebody else recently, it's like that's my vac- that's my idea of a vacation is when <laughs> I can be completely creative and yeah. with my own music, especially with somebody as, as talented as Pete, you know, and 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 actually become a band through that, you know. That's like that's almost vacation time for me, you know. I, I get it. I actually do understand. I'm a musician too, you see, so I understand exactly what you're saying. And yeah, it's it's a hell of a thing when you find people that you enjoy collaborating with, isn't it? And uh, you know, and, and I've got to say, mate, that I think it'd be between yourself and Will Calhoun from Living Colour uh, that are the drummers that are most likely to win the John Bonham Percussive Excellence Award, should it ever be materialised one day. But, you know, I, I've got to say beyond that, the drummer that I feel as though uh, you more closely resemble or related to is Lee Kerslake from Blizzard of Oz or the Aussie band, as it's known. You know, but beyond that you're a natural born musician i was watching some of your youtube clips and you, you can do it all from the from the drums to the guitar and I, and i appreciate that you've likely answered this question uh, a thousand times but you do have an extraordinary talent who were you inspired by oh man that that list will go on all day long uh but yeah it's you know i'm the rock kid who grew up on kiss and soon after that uh you know zeppelin van halen acdc rush you know, and all that kind of stuff, Maiden and Priest and Yes and, you know, all the, all the, you know, all the big, big rock stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, you know, as far as, and then there's the, you know, your musicians, I mean, everybody from John, John Bonham and Page, I mean, Zeppelin's my favorite band, so I'd say everybody in Zeppelin's pretty much my favorite, you know, the Beatles and James Brown and Neil Young and Meshuggah and, you know, Paul McCartney, cool. you know, just you, all the greats, man, you just, you just, uh, you know, listen and learn, you know. You're also an excellent guitarist, though. I mean, there's this, uh, you're playing Randy's parts virtually note for note. Uh, and there's a Mr. Crowley uh, YouTube clip there. And um, I don't even know if I can frame this question properly, but I'll give it a try. But did, does it seriously come easy to you? Is it one of those things where if you just practice a little bit, it sort of just happens? You know what I'm saying? Because you can, do, you can play guitar yeah. and drums at a, at a professional level, man, that very few people can. Oh, thank you. No, I, I've been playing guitar since, uh, I'd say, ser- like seriously, where I started kind of playing without stopping was uh, in seventh grade. So that's it's a long time. Hmm. So I was a drummer who always always loved playing guitar. I was a drummer first and, and uh, 
my dad had uh, an acoustic guitar sitting around. So when I was a little kid, he showed me a couple chords and a day tripper riff from Beatles, which is not an easy riff to try to play if you've never played guitar before. Sure, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so somewhere you know, a couple years later, I picked it back up and and I just got. It really was the electric guitar. I thought it looked cool. It sounded awesome, just like drums. But one of my buddies had his electric guitar and an amp in his bedroom, and he showed me like. Uh, this is a power chord. This is back in black. This is Iron Man. This is smoke in the water. This is a blues scale. And I was blown away. I was like, I love this. And that, and that came around the same time as Blizzard of Oz coming out and Randy Rhodes blew me away. And I really, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was trying to learn everything Randy did terribly because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was it. You know, so, you know, I've always been a, a drummer who just loves playing guitar with, you know, with, with, you know, with, you know, leads included. Cause I remember when I couldn't play leads, I was like, oh man, if someday I'm, if I could ever play lead guitar, that'd be so amazing. I don't know how to do it, but it would be amazing. And, and you know, you learn, you practice and all that. And, but I've definitely, from playing with some of the best guitar players in the world, I've learned just like, you know, we learn from everybody, but just being like in a band with some of these amazing players, I've learned a lot and uh, yeah. pay attention to a lot of, a lot of details that these guys do. Like literally right now, I'm uh, uh, George Lynch is in my, my house and we're redoing some, we're doing uh, some drum tracking and, you know, George is an amazing guitar player. And, you know, sure. so playing with him, I watch him and learn it's the same with Zach Wilde and slash and Steve Stevens and Doug Aldrich, you know, you just, you just hang out with these guys and jam and, and learn a lot, you know? Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I had it. Um, I had a chat to George about twelve months ago. So fantastic guitarist, truly. Uh, I truly, I truly admired his work through the years. And you mentioned another guitarist there, uh, Zach Wild. I've had a chat to him too. And and one of the things I mentioned to him is that my favourite um, release from him, well, that certainly that carries part of his name, is Pride and Glory, which of course you're the drummer for. And one of the questions I asked him was, um, Do you think you could ever get back together? with the guys in the band and he said of course have a look at doing it so is that if that ever came up mate would that be something you're interested in hey yeah that that's zach's world pride glory was his band and we came in and, and did our thing and uh he's a busy guy you know he's non-stop he's never stopped so if uh if there ever came a time where he felt like uh taking that on and going for it it's just a matter of a phone call and seeing if uh and putting a schedule together but yeah that you know i had a blast doing that band and uh you know, love playing with Zach and James. So, uh, if there was, yeah, if there was a time and a place for it, and we just went for it, it would, it would be, it would be a, t a ton of fun for sure. Mm, yeah, and uh, another guitarist is uh, uh, David Lowy. Now I know he's an Aussie mate, so you must have to spend some time at Australia because you're in a band with him. But can you tell me how yourself and David hooked up? Can I tell you how what? How, how you guys hooked up? How you guys met? Oh it, well, yeah, it was back in uh, I think it was it was 2013. Uh, my buddy Dizzy Reed, who was playing keys with the Dead Daisies at the time, simply just gave me a call and said, "Hey, uh, we're on tour, and uh, you know our drummer's unavailable for this next week. And can you do some shows with us?" And <laughs> that was it, man. And I think it was like a couple days later, I did mm -hmm. like a, a week of shows, you know, on, on this tour with them. And uh, we all got along, and I, I was, you know, good friends with Dizzy and Marco Mendoza. So, you know, it was it was fun to jump in a band situation with those guys, and and it just progressed from there. And uh, uh, you know, for the next I don't know four years or so, when I was, I was playing, them. so yeah, it was it was a, it was a blast. You know, it was you know, yeah. Doug Aldrich came into the mix, and John Karabi and uh, Richard Fortas. All these guys are my great buddies. So so you know, you can't 
can't not have fun when you're playing rock and roll with those guys. Oh, for sure, yeah. And you, and you mentioned Slash earlier as well. So did you travel with him down to Australia back in 1995 on on that little tour that he did? Uh, in 95? No, I did, I did everything with Slash in 95, and that didn't include Australia. And then <laughs> he may have went down after that. Yeah, I remember he came down. Yeah, I do remember it well. I missed it. I was too young to go and see him, but um, yeah, I thought you, I knew that you were on the album, so I thought because um, you you did play on the Snake Pit album, didn't you? No, the Snake Pit record. Matt Matt Sorum was the drummer on the whole record, and I did the whole Snake uh-huh. Pit tour, yep. which was Europe, Japan, South America, and and the states. But we didn't get to Australia on that tour. We finished up the tour with Donington. And then we went in the studio and we were writing and stuff. But I think, you know, we, we kind of stopped moving forward in 96. And I know Slash started doing some other stuff. So I, I don't know if it was... If he went to Australia, it wasn't with Snake Pit in 95. Uh, maybe he did a promo tour or something. but Or like maybe it was promo. after that. But Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. 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 And so you've, you've obviously been to Australia before, mate. Have we been a good territory for you? Oh, man, no. It's awesome. I've been there oh, two or three times. With, with the dead daisies, and it was a blast. Yeah, man, it's a, it's awesome. We stayed uh, stayed near right up the road from what is it, Bondi Beach? You know, yeah. right right there, man. It's an awesome area. No, it's it's a great place. Went out to some clubs and did you know? I think we we toured with uh, with Kiss down there and and uh, sweet. Yeah, I had a blast, man. No, it's, Australia's great. I, I I really hope I can get back down there with Silverthorn soon. <laughs> Well, we hope it does happen too, mate. So, mate, that's, that's great. Yeah, look, so I'll leave it there, mate. Thanks very much for making the music that you've made. This uh, Look, this new album here, Tear the Sky Wide Open, I meant what I said earlier. Um, it's all the things that, uh, that I mentioned, mate. I just hope it does really well for you guys because it certainly deserves to find a broad audience. Well, I, I really appreciate that. We've seen a, a lot of great reviews, which is nice and reassuring because it's... it's uh, it's not easy coming out as a brand new baby band and you know the whole uphill battle of the music business but you know the ep's out now and there's been great reviews and hopefully that can propel us to the next level and get us out there man we want yeah we, we want to get out there and prove ourselves you know give us a, a backyard barbecue or give us an arena we're, we're ready <laughs> yeah well i know you'll do well at both mate so uh so good luck again mate with it all and uh thanks very much for the conversation appreciate it oh thank you i appreciate it no worries mate all the best Okay. Okay. Thanks Bye. a lot. Cheers. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. It syndicates for the A List Online, and my name's Andrew Mackay Smith. That interview subject was Brian Tichy from far too many bands to mention, but the one that was involved in this conversation primarily was Silverthorn. So thanks so much for listening. <laughs>